Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, and it's giving continuity. Ooh. To listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we'd just like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Jason. Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, we're still with the 1967 spider-man show which means we have a guest along with us and our guest today is someone that you might have heard before if you've uh, listened to our past coverage of the first half of the season of this show welcome (laughs) back to chris cummins host of sci-fi explosion how's it going chris hello hello derek hello doug thank you both for having me back i love spider-man thwip (laughs) (laughs) thwip indeed thwip indeed i mean that was going to be the next question like we already last time when you were here you know asked you about your background with spider-man and the show and stuff and and i know that you are one of the handful of guests we have on that like are very familiar with the show and in fact very much love it we have a lot of people who like this is their first time watching it for this podcast which is fun but it's also fun getting people who are kind of experts on the show (laughs) in their own right so i guess just as like a refresher anything like you know anything that you like to say broadly about your history with spider-man in this show sit around the internet kids i'm gonna tell you a tale Uh, tale of a young chris cummins who in the early 1980s as a wee lad would just flip through the channels on Monday mornings before school and want to watch something. And I discovered the Spider-Man cartoon and I did not know that this cartoon existed. Uh, It was, I believe, I believe I'm getting my own canon confused here, but I believe this cartoon (laughs) was my first introduction to Uh, Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure. And uh, I loved it. I was maybe six when I saw it for the first time, I love this cartoon. Uh, it was on a UHF station affiliate. If you don't know what that is, look it up because I'm old. Uh, and <laughs> it would just, uh, it was shown Monday and Friday. Um, initially, it was shown at like 6 a.m. And then they had the common sense to show it uh, in the afternoons uh, <laughs> repeatedly, nonstop. I loved it. It was super weird, super fun. Uh, it still is super weird and super fun, way more weird and fun than I realized as a kid. Um, so that's kind of my history with this cartoon. And it it was the start of a love affair with Spider-Man that continues to this day. Nice. Nice. That's so great. I, I, I love all of our guests, but I especially love the folks who already know this show. There's something that feels so special about that. (laughs) Yeah. 
this is a very special show too uh yeah this this is a very Mm -hmm. very it's basically three completely different cartoons because every season has a Mm -hmm. weird different feel to it so yeah yep yeah i'm i'm so excited once we you know get well we got plenty of production stuff to talk about when we get to like the second season you know yeah just because and just the shift that it's going to be because it's i feel like Doug and I at this point are very comfortable with this show as it is in this form. <laughs> you know, it's that's the part of the reason why it's so fun to like get people who have never seen it before onto the podcast and be like, hey, watch an episode of this show. It's probably unlike anything you've ever seen because anyone, especially, you know, especially like the younger they people get, the farther away you get from when cartoons were ever made like this much less a superhero cartoon you know it was always fun seeing people you know experience that but then like for us now that we're sort of like we got this we know what this show is we know (laughs) the rhythms of the show and so it's exciting for that to inevitably get shaken up you know (laughs) once we get to season two (laughs) record scratch season two (laughs) yes yes well let's let's get into these episodes because these episodes have a lot dumb stuff in them that are very interesting <laughs> um if you want to watch along with us we've said it over and over again this show is currently unfortunately not available legally in any streaming form uh emphasis on the word legally you can certainly find it if you want to find it um you can also find dvds of it sometimes but they are hard to find and pretty pricey because they're out of print um, you have like 350 dollars lying around you can probably <laughs> yeah, buy yourself you know, buy yourself you know, the dvd set yeah, you if like... you just won a $2 billion lottery, you can buy some Spider-Man 67 DVDs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Be like me and find find old used copies on eBay that have like random uh uh, that are like missing the booklet and have like random oh. Sharpie marks <laughs> all over the uh, the front cover. You'll get oh, it no. at a good discount, but you'll have the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful <laughs> yes so this episode of the 67 spidey show we're talking about it's season one episode 15 uh segment a the title is the spider and the fly the synopsis per me is spidey faces the fly who can be at two places at once what? <gasps> i have a thing about that original air date december 16th 1967 <laughs> okay so before we get into this i have like yeah. a mia culpa right now because i when so, Chris, you wouldn't have heard this because the episode isn't actually out yet. But the one we recorded before this, I wrote like the, you know, the outro for it. That's a preview of what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. And I hadn't actually watched these episodes yet. So I kind of accidentally spoiled wow. the big twist oh for everyone. <laughs> because, because I'm pretty sure I've seen like, I'm pretty sure they come back later. And I think I've seen them in a future episode. So I knew that. I knew that they were the fly twins. If you like look up the synopsis on Wikipedia, it's like Spidey fights the fly twins or whatever. I knew the phrase the fly twins. So when I just wrote the synopsis saying like Spidey's going to fight criminal twins, I think is what Doug read. Like I didn't realize that that was a twist in this episode. I thought that that was like just their shtick in the episode right from the get go, which made me very sad when I turned it on and it's like, Oh, we're like a third of the way in and it's still a mystery. (laughs) And anyone who's listening, including Doug will have just had that spoiled because of me. Unforgivable. And that's why I'd like to announce this is my last episode of walloping (laughs) web snapper. No, I mean, I knew this. I've seen gifts of this show. I feel like if you spend any time looking at like memes, images or gifts of this show, you've probably encountered these, these two. So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, you were not the one that spoiled it for me, (laughs) but it's like the show doesn't have that many 
twists that I feel like are pretty good. And I feel like this is like a decent twist in an episode. So it's like the one time that there's a good twist. It's like, of course, I fucked it up. So sorry, <laughs> And there's absolutely no way to go back and edit it or anything and edit it out and change it. Impossible. It's just impossible. Yeah. Forever, so. It's in stone, really. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're introduced to these characters, Stan and Lee Patterson, which is cute. I think that's fun. I don't know if they even make it clear in the episode that that's what their names are. Um, If they do, they must only say it once because I didn't notice. I don't remember that. And I literally watched this episode about 20 minutes ago to to refresh my memory. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like truly a cute little piece of trivia. That's I guess just for them. Um, But yeah, they're, they're called Stan and Lee Patterson. These are the aforementioned spoiled fly twins. And they're voiced by Alfie Scop and Paul Kligman, uh, respectively. Kligman is the voice of Jameson, so we know him very well. Uh, and Scott provided the voice for the Fifth Avenue Phantom, one of my faves. Nice. Um, so we, we know them. As at this point, we almost know everybody, um, that we're going to talk about, except for like the occasional one off. Nice. So let's get into this episode. So as I throw my mouse on the ground. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought that I was like that. a Spider-Man sound effect. Like he's opening the door on a <laughs> Yep. Introducing my soundboard. No, let's get into this segment. So this segment opens with Spider-Man investigating an attempted robbery at the hands of a mysterious villain called the fly. The twist when Spider-Man pursues and loses the fly, he returns to the scene of the crime and learns that the fly seemingly finished the job during his pursuit which is impossible oh, wow how could he be in two places at once derek how no, how i don't derek, know you want to spoil it again <laughs> we'll just have to keep we'll just have to watch the episode and find out well later after peter listens to jameson's theory about how it was actually spider-man who could have guessed jameson assigns peter to cover the arrival of the actual maharaja of Jinjamir. So what? Wild. The actual I, twist of this episode yeah, is there's I, continuity. <laughs> Chris, I don't know if you've watched the episodes we're seeing this recently or listened to a, like the, one of the episodes that came out a couple like last week, I guess. But this is a reference, weirdly, <laughs> to a previous episode because yeah, there's oh, a fa- this, this show during its first season was kind of big on on trying to do that. It did it very clumsily, but yeah, sometimes <laughs> time there was continuity. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. Shots. I mean, it's it's so funny. I remember when we were talking about that otherwise really terrible segment of the show. <laughs> um, you know, so so the Maharaja it actually is never going to show up, and and we were like, maybe that's better. I don't know. Maybe we don't need to entertain this particular segment anymore. But here he is. He's in this other segment of the show, and it's pretty much fine fine. like he's just a guy it's good because (laughs) they could have done this the whole time (laughs) it's good because he doesn't say a word yeah there's no negative stereotypes (laughs) there's no reinforcing of unfortunate (laughs) characters yeah yeah there's just none of that which is great yeah it is wild though i was i was really um shocked uh, you know shocked yeah i I, i'm gonna even say excited just because of the continuity and because they didn't do anything horrible um but uh (laughs) But yeah, I I just was like really, really surprised. So anyway, um, Peter is sent to cover the arrival of the actual Maharaja of Jinjamir arriving in New York. And after he takes some photos, Peter is convinced that the Maharaja's jewels will be the fly's next target. So Spider-Man spends the evening chasing 
after the crook, only to lose him when the fly jumps off the Brooklyn Bridge into the East River, which I think Spider-Man thinks kills him? I'm not really sure. Did you get that impression? <laughs> I didn't get that impression. I just got the impression that he escaped. But <laughs> What did he say? He said something like, what a way to go, or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, uh, uh. And I mean, I we know. know from every other Spider-Man show, like things that go into any Manhattan River <laughs> just yeah. go there to die they don't or come disappear out. forever. Yeah, yeah. so. So know. true. Yeah. Well, the next day, Peter learns that the Maharaja was in fact robbed by the fly while Spider-Man was chasing the fly. Again, this is totally impossible because there is certainly only one fly. So after Betty mentions a famously bank-averse millionaire, Spider-Man is like, okay, this is going to be the next hit location and decides to basically post up at this guy's mansion or house or hotel okay, or whatever. No, no, no. This is the thing that weirds me out about this episode. He specifically is in a hotel and Betty's even like, he just moved into the hotel. If you're rich, why are you just, I mean, I guess if you're rich, you could just buy a hotel room if you like the hotel maybe, but it is very specifically a hotel and he moved into there, which means that the flies yeah. are like exclusively robbing rich people who were staying in hotels in New York. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if they're exclusively robbing rich people, like, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, like, fuck the 1%. I think Spider-Man sure. is the villain in here so far. Kinda, it's fine yeah. by me. You know, they can have it. This guy is yeah. probably not that bothered. He probably just, like, lives in a penthouse at the top of the hotel, to be right. honest. <laughs> and that first, the first lady, okay, actually, not to backtrack too much, but, like, the no, first let's lady. do it. Countess Belinsky, who Spider-Man yeah. knows by name when he shows up. So it was she like a visiting countess and it was big news and that's why he knew who it was. Like that was the first flag. I was just like, yeah. what's happening here? And then another rich person in another hotel shows up and it was like, this theme is confusing to me. I don't really. <laughs> Does Spidey know everyone in New York City or just royalty who vaguely look like Don Knotts in drag? That was my. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Her design is wild. Actually, all the character designs in this episode it's are guessing. wild. I yeah. think all the animators were just totally, totally shit drunk, like totally shit-faced um because yeah. the animation is like what is happening here but i know yeah. we'll talk about that more in a little bit no that's okay because that's i mean this this character this millionaire who won't use a bank is uh also a wild design all these His characters are wild designs so long. yeah i mean but yep. you know i maybe they hate the rich like we do and they're like let's yeah. draw the most grotesque rich people imaginable just because mm -hmm. we don't like them <laughs> but the thing is mr flintridge to me looks like the the famed indie filmmaker Jim Jarmusch, whose work I I enjoy quite a bit, and who is a fantastic person, Jim Jarmusch, and he's not a terrible rich person. He's probably rich, but he's not a terrible rich person. So I wonder, <laughs> did the Spidey animators know that one day Mystery Train would come out and be a really good movie, and that Jim Jarmusch would direct it? That's my yes. Little, that's I my little that's aside. I'm just committing to this bit because I'm so in love with it but I can tell that it is box office poison for this show. So let's move on. <laughs> well, this is where Spider-Man learns what none of us could have expected and that there are in fact two flies, not one, two. Thanks, Derek. I also guessed? think one of the things that's so funny, Derek, about you being worried that this was spoiled is that uh -huh. I do feel like it's 
pretty obvious pretty early on. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. That's if if you think that that makes me happy. I was yeah. very I was on red alert when I realized it was a mystery and that I <laughs> fucked up. So if you think that it was very that everybody would have guessed it anyway, uh, that makes me feel a lot better. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know because I can't unknow what I knew, right? So I I did know ahead of time, but. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was necessarily like the twist of the century, sure. um, but a cool one nonetheless. So armed with the knowledge of two flies and determined to defend his reputation against Jameson's increasingly aggressive claims that Spider-Man is at fault, Spider-Man stakes out the site of the flies next likely target. Instead of confronting them when they arrive, though, he follows them back to their hideout using a spider tracer and outmaneuvers their series of traps to ultimately web them and their stolen loot up. So not only does he follow them back to their hideout via spider tracer, but I love the fact that it, like Spider-Man is just a mess in this episode. Everything he's doing <laughs> is completely wrong. The spider tracer is so garishly huge that hitting these, these idiots... The the fly twins are like, look at this dumb dummy thing that he put on there, like a mm-hmm. dumb dummy. <laughs> like they immediately see it. Yep. And they're, and, and they're like, Yeah, let's let's just screw with Spider Man. Um That's pretty funny. <laughs> and I I do like that like they're when they first see it, they're like, wait. This isn't this isn't a scarab on yeah. this jewel dagger. This is a I spider love that. tracer. <laughs> and then like they, they, then like my favorite part of this episode is Spider-Man in this like amusement park of doom where the uh the roller coaster just goes into nowhere. It, uh, <laughs> it just shoots into the sky and like it, and then Spider-Man is like breaking their necks essentially repeatedly by having them webbed up and going oh, around the Ferris wheel. I was My so upset. God. It's when that very happened. violent. Like they're just dudes. They're not super, like when right. when he first webbed them up, I was like that's anticlimactic, but they're just guys. Like how are they going to break yeah, out of his yeah. webbing? Oh no, he's going to just like shatter every bone in their body, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Turn them into an absolute pulp. Yeah. 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 That's ultimately what Spider-Man ends up doing is just beating the shit out of them uh, with a Ferris wheel (laughs) or the physics of a Ferris wheel um, and then just leaves them for the police, note and all. And, um, you know, Jameson, who should be horrified (laughs) at that crime, uh, is instead horrified at the thought of there being two Spider-Men. And that's that's where the episode leaves us, or at least this segment. (laughs) Jameson crying because Betty suggests that Spider-Man might have a twin. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's funny. I like that, actually. I think it's very funny. (laughs) I wasn't over the absolutely demolished twins. Yeah. Yeah, like there's that little tag at the end of the episode with Jameson where it's all like very lighthearted. But let's not forget about the, uh, you know, the two brothers that Spider-Man ruthlessly murdered for the police to deal with. Yeah, the liquid yeah. twins, yeah. as they're referred <laughs> the to after this twins. episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, wh- about the twins, though, like, what's one quick thing? I-, I do like, even though they're played by, you know, actors who are voicing every other dude in this show, I like that, like, the take for them is, like, they're kind of youthful and playful only because it's such a contrast to every other like yeah. deep villain yeah. gruff voice of every other villain on this show like it was such it obviously was a conscious choice and i think it kind of fits the characters because they're not like smart super villains they're just like good because they're twins and can tight and, and can like rope walk that's really about it like but i, I and I, I kind of appreciate mm-hmm. that i think that's sort of a fun take i i really you know i really enjoyed how 
yeah, they were very youthful, but also like I'm totally for like, yeah, let's rob the rich. They got enough money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm for their side more than I'm for Spider Man because Spider Man's really kind of inept and mean in this episode. Uh, and very like self satisfied too, I find. But he also like he's he's really cocky for someone who took way too long to figure out what was going on. Yeah, and he <laughs> he's motivated primarily by not wanting his reputation messed up and like being framed. Um, not these, <laughs> not anything the two of them are doing. He mentions like multiple times that like he has to do this to get <laughs> to get the stink <laughs> off his back. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Which, again, I mean, they really aren't doing anything wrong. Robbing from the rich, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Like, yeah. who cares? They're not actually they're hurting. Just... They're not even, there's not even, like, collateral damage. Like, they're not hurting right. anyone. They show up, steal some jewels, and leave. Like, honestly, the best <laughs> possible version of a supervillain. Yeah. They cause no damage. They don't hurt a single person physically. Like, no injuries on their watch. Um, yeah. They're just incredibly good, effective cat burglars who are probably going to sell it on the black market for themselves. But who knows? Maybe, maybe there's more altruism there than uh, than we got to learn we because now they're see. dead. <laughs> and their costumes are cool. They honestly are really cool. They really are. I mean, the fact that um, you know a different version or a longer version or sort of a more multi dimensional version of this segment would have them being mistaken for. Spider-Man, not just yeah. by Jameson, but by other people based yeah. on how they move, what their costumes look like, what their masks look like. I mean, mm-hmm. that that really would be, I feel like, how other cartoons would tackle this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a it's such a clever thing because, you know, if you're trying to save money and time, you just take your Spider-Man character model and color it all black yep. and make green hmm. eyes. And there you go. And that's exactly what it is. And it looks fucking cool. Like, it, it looks does. really cool. No, it's a really fun <laughs> visual. Uh, you know, it's basically they're just using the the traditional Spidey animation scene because yeah. the show loves recycling material. Sure and, does. Uh, there, there it is. It's the fly instead. You yeah. even get the cool scene where you see the fly crawling up the side of a wall and then Spider-Man yeah. crawling up the side of the wall. Yeah. It's like, it's really fly. cool. Yeah. I also I think it's fun that it, it, oh you know obviously obviously by accident but like there's a fun like reference where you know at one point jo- Jonah's thinking that Spider Man uh, is the Fly and Betty's like well how could he like how how could he he was like seconds later he was in two different costumes and Jonah's like hmm I bet Spidey can like change his costume uh, instantly into that black costume which is sort of like oh yeah that's literally what like the symbiote could do foreshadowing hmm. twenty years later like hmm. a, a black costume that can change instantly um, and and I don't. I'm not as super familiar with this, so maybe I'm kind of off base, but I know there was like an arc, there's like the identity crisis arc, I think in the 90s where Spidey was like trying to hide his identity by like being different, being different in different superhero costumes. And one of those costumes was the Mm. Dusk costume that was an all black costume changing into an all black costume to protect his identity, like plenty of little accidental foreshadowing. I love that. Nice. Yeah. I guess that was just so good that it, uh. Destroyed the conversation. We were thinking about it. We were really just we were we were kind of we were kind of hanging on that. It was, I was quiet respect. I feel. I I can fully admit that I was looking up the dust costume and just hoping Chris would say something while I did that. <laughs> 
Well, I'm very much like... thinking about Jim Jarmusch. You know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I'm due for a screening of coffee and cigarettes and maybe uh, Ghost Dog again. Mm. Uh, Jim Jarmusch makes some great films out there, as well as being the character model for, uh, you know, Mr. Flintridge in this episode. Definitely, definitely. I'm just committing to this bit. I'm currently Googling, Googling Jim Jarmusch, a person I know everything about. and seen all of his movies, know exactly what he looks like know his vibe i know everything about him <laughs> yeah yeah of course um it really is i mean i know we mentioned this already but it's not even just the characters they focus on that are designed wildly or animated wildly like even the police officers the way that they are drawn and the way that they are they almost look like abstract art together like they're almost drawn in like a weird cubist way where they're like one body almost it's yeah. i really would love to know like how this episode ended up looking the way that it does because it really feels way more kind of odd and artful in a surreal way than a lot of the episodes to this point have i i just think it comes down to them being rushed production wise just knowing knowing because especially was it krantz films first season or second and third i forget which but i do know they switched the animation firms yeah Um, grants grants grant trey lawrence were the first season. First season, and then yeah, yeah. Ralph Bakshi comes on. I forget what the company's name is, but it's Ralph Bakshi is is the second and third season. But then in the yeah. third season, I think there's still a shift, even with Bakshi at the helm for it. So, yeah. but what's weird is I think it looks cool. Like I it know does. it's probably it's, it's not unexpected. meant to look that way, but it looks cool. I'm looking at the screenshot that you took that I'm sure you'll put up in the show notes of Jay Jonah Jameson right now, where his face is like. <laughs> sunken in like he's dying or something it look it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like horrifying yeah um, but yeah. also super interesting at the same time yeah um, it's yeah. very strange yeah 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 we can yeah we'll, let's talk about these faces of the episode real quick that is one of them yeah it is just in a scene when he's, jj's talking yeah there's no reason for it to look weird but someone drew that face and it's not like I didn't just pull like a single, you know, squash and stretch frame or something. That's his face for that entire scene, no matter what he's doing or what he's saying. It's all sunken in and very, very like disquieting. Yeah, Yeah, it's very weird and creepy and I don't like it. Also, (laughs) Also, also. Jim Jarmish, uh, I do know who it is specifically because he cameoed on what we do in the shadows last season. That's what I know him from. <laughs> yes, and does he not look like Mr. Flintridge? He absolutely does. See, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you I thought I recognized the name. Uh, still, I don't think I've ever seen a single movie he's ever done. But, you know, it's cool. I know the <laughs> reference somewhat. His films are uh, good. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. I'll check him out. I'll check him out at some point. Maybe. I've seen Coffee see. and Cigarettes. There you Can go. Vouch, that one's good. Nice. Okay, I will check out coffee and cigarettes then. <laughs> Jim Jarmusch, if you're out there listening, let us know your thoughts on the Spider-Man 1967 cartoon. Oh my gosh, he was born on? A, uh, like born like 30 minutes from me. Just, you know, oh, wow. like location-wise, not birth-wise, obviously. I'm not 70. <laughs> the connection is yeah. unreal in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the other face of the episode I had for this one... Spider-Man like pointing and talking like he's like in a Shakespeare play. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen that used as a meme. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure I have, I have. too. Yeah, and I was like, looking at it and immediately I was thinking like Spider-Man is saying, for I have just shit my pants. That is <laughs> what I feel he's bragging about right there. He's like yeah, doing well, some humble brag about something that just he shouldn't be bragging about. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I love can the see pa- it. 
that painting in the background too that i assume is like the painting is mountains, nice but it is yeah just, it's very like utah in yeah, the back yeah it's nice. <laughs> i have sort i don't have an actual ranking but i've sort of informally been ranking these um 67 exclusive i know the flies aren't exclusive anymore but they were introduced in this show right yeah, I this mean, is where the, they originated. And, and I don't think the fly in the comics is like any... I don't think that this is... I don't really think one is an adaptation of the other. I think the fly in the comics is like a completely different character with the same name. It's not so the I Patterson think, twins. Right. I would say right. for all intents and purposes, the fly twins are an original Spider-Man 67 villain. Perfect. So I've I've been sort of informally placing them high or low because I love all these like 67 originating villains. I think just by the nature of them being a duo and what they do, like they're mm-hmm. very high for me. I would love to see more of them. Like a lot more of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think they, we... they're they're sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I couldn't hear you for a second because my pug is in the kitchen protesting wildly <laughs> about her empty food bowl that she just emptied. <laughs> um, but I, I, I would love to see Marvel and Marvel doesn't really want to have fun right now, I feel. But I feel <laughs> at least the comic <laughs> division, I would love to uh, I would love to see Marvel do like what DC did with Batman 89, do a Spider-Man 67 comic already. Yes. And bring back all these, these characters. Villains. Such a big seller. It would be a lot of fun. Have it do. And I'm saying do not modernize it. Have it have the yeah. exact tone of this, you know, like Batman. Even forget Batman 89. Let's talk about DC's Batman 66 comic. Like, yes. have it have that tone exactly. Yeah. Have it have the tone of the Spider-Man 60s cartoon. Bring back all these characters. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's probably legal issues, which is probably the same reason why it's not on, you know. But look, even even like, you know, even Mysterio is so different in one mm-hmm. episode of this show. Yes. As we talked about before that, you know... Like, come on, like, like it would be a lot of fun because there's a lot of really, really twisted and interesting stuff that happens in the show that is not only a product of like animators trying to get home in time, you know, but it's also yeah. a product of the very psychedelic 60s. It's a, it's a product of low budget. It's a project of, hey, we have the source material, but Spidey was still so new at the time yeah. when they were yeah. doing this this cartoon that like you know they didn't really know the tone very much that's why so many like what is there maybe one episode the origin episode that follows the comics and everything else is like made up from scratch i think and we haven't even gotten there that's like the first episode of season two and i think that the only reason they even did that was because i think when when ralph Bakshi came on it was sort of like we're gonna very intentionally like be more serious like the comics and yeah. then do that episode and then it completely goes off the rails like immediately oh so, after that. so, <laughs> so like quick. yeah <laughs> and even you know even in this first season there's some where it's sort of like oh you are you are tr- like kind of riffing on the comics and sort of taking it to the core but because they're right. only 11 minute segments like right. it, it's so wildly condensed and still has to be a cartoon with a minimal cast that like none of them can really truly look like the comics and so it ends up being like this sort of interesting weird little little thing all on its own yeah, I really great. I, I absolutely prefer the 11 minute segments to the full episodes. I, I, I think it's I it's 
a lot more entertaining because of swift moving you have to do so much and i love i love the half hour ones too but like especially when we get into like revolt in the fifth dimension you know but like or Mm -hmm. any of the others where they're basically reusing like rocket robin hood but you know these 11 minute segments are just so weird and they do so much Mm -hmm. and they're so kind of off brand and as a as a lover of like anything ephemeral that that isn't the the classic take especially in spider-man because he's he's just one of my favorite characters ever like i i really really enjoy that and i think this to kind of tie it into this this episode i think this next segment in the show is like spider-man at its wackiest (laughs) yes yes shall we talk about this next segment please do it Let's do it. So this one is Spider-Man 1967, Season 1, Episode 15, Segment B, entitled The Slippery Dr. Von Schlick. <laughs> and here's Derek's synopsis. You're Spidey slips and slides as he sleuths a suspicious but unsurreptitious slick scheme. Nailed it. I got to jump in at this point and say this is the horniest Spider-Man episode I have ever seen. <laughs> It, dude i it mean it's all about lube right it's just so pretty much yeah so unstoppably horny i have a a we will talk about the episode but then please come back to me because i have my favorite super horny quotes from this episode oh, yes. fantastic fantastic no and that's perfect because like the summary is not going to do justice the tone and all of what you are going to bring to this conversation so by all means bring that bring that uh, to the table <laughs> i may have gotten an erection while watching this episode you know and i wouldn't blame you <laughs> I, I i mean look it's 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 lonely times here in the city um yeah i'm just glad that i'm not the only one who comes on to this podcast with horny takes anymore this is, so well i mean it's hard to not watch helping. this episode and not be like this is a real horny cartoon it's... happening here because <laughs> it is i'm i'm not i i mean i have a damaged mind for sure but like I, objectively this is a super horny episode yeah oh, man. yeah it, yep, i can yep. already see the point where you like you you clip me out of this episode saying this is a super horny episode and then oh. me, yep yep on the instagram i already know <laughs> that that's gonna happen because i feel like i know the show well enough at this point oh yeah but yeah. It, but also we're just beginning to discuss this so um <laughs> well it is a horny segment indeed and it is all due to this wonderful man we get to meet here named dr von schlick who if you get rid of most of the letters in his name is just dick so voiced by bernard cowan (laughs) who we know well as a member of the main cast and someone we just talked about last week for voicing cowboy aka definitely not montana so (laughs) this segment opens with an explosion Uh at an oil storage dock one of the funniest things the the thing that made me laugh really hard right at the top of the Mm -hmm. episode an explosion happens and spider-man who's across the city sees an explosion on the other side of the city (laughs) and his first thought the first thing he says is i hope it's not the oil storage right yeah (laughs) that seems safe Yep. I'm saying that by the way, I'm I'm making jokes about oil storage docks uh about a good five minutes away from where there was a massive oil refinery fire that could have wiped out Philadelphia <laughs> like two years Fuck. ago. So yeah. Uh, uh, 
it's not that it's it's a valid thing to be concerned about but the fact that spider-man immediately is like i hope it's not though like for one i hope it's not the exact thing that it is but also like (laughs) just an explosion happens it's sort of like hmm it would be bad if that explosion across the city just happened to be the oil storage docks like is that just always at the top of your mind dude like what yeah (laughs) well i mean it does it does kind of reiterate the fact that this is a horny episode and just you know in the 1960s where certain men would would go to find kind of relief would be the docks. Mm-hmm. And so there were many explosions at the docks in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's so true. Until the area was gentrified. So is this horny tale an anti-gentrification tale, ultimately? Is that the subtext here that I'm asking you guys? Mm-hmm. I'm Under I mean, that point, it... as we go There's... on. It pairs very nicely with like the very like anti-rich storyline from the last yeah. segment. So, you know, yeah. this this entire episode is just about gay chaos, I think, is what yeah. be gay, is, do crimes. That's 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 it. Exactly. That that yeah. is, in fact, that is what Spider-Man is saying in that above screenshot. He's just saying be gay, do crimes. Damn. This this show is like became like leftist, like instantly. Just. Oh, my episode. God. It's amazing. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. (laughs) Well, when Spider-Man does arrive to investigate this explosion, he encounters Dr. Von Schlick, who uses his oil slicks and very oily body Uh to avoid (laughs) capture and then steals the remaining oil. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. On top of the oil he steals from the docks, Von Schlick manages to steal oil from several other sources all over the city and begins converting it in a sewer hideout into the most powerful element known to man, Thinium 007, which will allow him to control the universe somehow. Through the power of rampant homosexuality. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. how you will control the universe. Yeah. This is the real, real, real gay agenda. Yeah. It, it oh, was, I mean, he's essentially turning them into crystals. So what's more powerful? The first brick thrown at Stonewall was made of thinium. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. <laughs> um, yep. It's so- Don't write letters in. We're gay. We can say this. <laughs> I, about dr von schlick his design is so interesting because he's like he's it's basically like a wetsuit complete with like flippers but then like uh-huh uh just like a like a diver head kind of thing he looks like he's from like like c lab 2020 or like yeah even like johnny quest or something it's like that kind of vibe you know it's absolutely rubber fetishist 101 like yeah. it absolutely is it's it's like but it's like a not a very attractive version of it i yes. you know i don't yes. request a, a strong redesign for a lot of these um 67 <laughs> villains i do feel like you could do this guy in such a better fetishy way you know what i mean yeah. oh yeah like, like his design him, could be straight cakes. Like, yes yeah. give him some cakes and accentuate the gut yes. and the chest and oh yeah well, this is just spider-man after dark at this point guys yeah. i, mean, I am whatever. so sorry we've been there. We've been i mean there it needs to be it needs we've to done- be yeah. We've done Doc Ock. We've done like horny lizard with nipples. Like it's we're fine. like Doc yeah. Ock. Am I right? Much. That's my Samantha voice. Thank you. It also needs to <laughs> accentuate his like bushy eyebrows more because when he takes his mask off, that's my favorite yeah. aspect of him. He's got these yeah. giant bushy eyebrows. And I think that you need to see those more on like the main part of his costume. There are just so many ways you could lean into this guy 
in so many directions and uh and i would like to see it you know Mm -hmm. i I think there are some characters that they could modernize some characters that would thrive best in the 67 environment this is one that would would thrive in only the weirdest version of of these spider-man stories yeah and And i mean like the ability to to like i guess control oil it's not very clear how he's able to do oil make oil move however he wants but if you were to assume that he can like literally control oil like that is a pretty op power that you can do a lot with like i i interpret it that way i I don't think there's any other way for him to be doing the things he's doing without either inherently having the power to control oil or have some device or mechanism to do that Mm -hmm. i I feel like, and I'm not entirely sure, but I feel like like last year I was on the roof deck of the Eagle and I got hit on at Von Schlick around 1.15 a.m. on like a Friday mm-hmm. night. And it was, <laughs> it was uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I, that. I, I think he would be at all times. Yeah. yeah. Or at least everyone around him would be. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Him and his air quote adhesive oil. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know. Don't yeah. even get me started on that. <laughs> I may I may stay away from Dr. Von Schlick. I mean, you do you out there in the listening community. We do not kink shame here at Walloping Web. No, not at all. Um, but I, I I feel like Von Schlick is is some Von Trouble. Yeah. I don't know if this is just because I watched an episode of Dragula where this where this actor guest uh judged the episode or not, but I feel like David Dastmalshane, Dastmalshian, whose name I cannot pronounce, oh, yeah, would be yeah. able to do a very unsettling version of Von sure. Schlick. Okay, I would yeah. Yeah. It's not the interpretation Absolutely. either one of you were yeah. talking about, but I feel like he could yeah. do He's got the eyebrows. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I mean, I naturally picture him as a bearish gentleman because that's just how I do everything sure. in life. But yeah, I think I think that would that would work as a as a good take as a good take for it. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends on how much you want to be attracted to him versus how much you want him to be incredibly uncomfortable and unpleasant to be around. <laughs> I think I want to find the sweet spot. There is the what sweet I, spot yeah. would be nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure though. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lonely. <laughs> von schlick hit me up right so <laughs> determined to find where von schlick is taking all of this oil spider-man monitors the arrival of an oil tanker and notices the tanker has been punctured and the oil spilling out is traveling against the current so there is some way for him to move this oil against the laws of physics. So Spider-Man follows it and he quickly finds Von Schlick on a barge. Uh, but when Von Schlick notices him, he traps Spidey with his new adhesive oil. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Jesus Christ. And some <laughs> sort of cellophane, I guess. I don't think you know, he calls out into, what that's we're called. We're getting into bondage with the cellophane. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. Absolutely. But I mean, I, I, to be real though, like I do think it's a really cool idea that if this guy can really control oil means he control like he can control petroleum which means that he could control plastic oh absolutely which again makes him fucking op so the idea of just like wrapping spider-man in a plastic bag and throwing him in the ocean is terrifying like that's a really wild supervillain power to have i think this guy gives parafino a run for his money as creepiest 67 villain like power set you know what i mean yeah yeah so he wraps him up or or traps him in some sort of cellophane-like material and then kicks Spider-Man into the bay and just leaves him to, to I guess, Trap. suffocate at the bottom of the bay. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And then just, you know, takes his barge and fucks off, which is great. Yes. 
Luckily, Spider-Man's web can also do anything. So he just makes a web shuriken uh, because that's a thing he does, I guess, and frees himself uh, from the cellophane and doesn't drown. I audibly gasped when he did that. I was just like, (laughs) now, come on. (laughs) Is it this segment or is it the last segment where he catches himself on a flagpole with the most elastic, strong, like, arch of webbing ever? I think that was last one. It was was the weird... This show does a lot of weird web constructy type things. That one like wasn't even a web construct. It was just like, eh, we're gonna have this web do this. <laughs> so so bizarre. It's but yeah, the time, web boys, can... the bar's open. Yep. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 yeah. So uh, Spider Man then returns to uh, his bedroom laboratory to create a new breathing mask. Uh, not the first time we've seen Spider Man in one of these older cartoons make a basically a gas mask. Engaging uh, in breath play, Spider Man mm-hmm. is yeah. very true. Yeah. Very true. He, he also says it won't get me into the movies, but at least it'll keep me breathing. Like nailed it, Peter. Well, what is that movies mean? on Fifty Seventh Street? It'll get you into. Sure. What kind of movie are we talking about here, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> And he also develops a new web formula that he claims will stick to anything. So we've got another web formula. Okay, Peter. Oh, oh, and, uh, another instance of Peter like adding stuff to his webbing in the show, but doing it in a completely different way than he ever does in any of the other episodes. Oh, my like, God. I swear to God, every, every time he does it in an episode, every time he makes a special webbing, it is a different way he administers it. Their <laughs> like, goal is yeah. to make me as uncomfortable as possible just by having him put <laughs> webbing into his cartridges. <laughs> it always like this, makes my skin crawl like every case, way he does it in the show like his glove is completely off of his hand but then he's just like putting droplets into a hole in his glove directly yeah. so yeah. okay <laughs> and if he creates the you know to be to be pain in the ass be very pedantic mm-hmm. about it you know if he's creating superior webbing why not just always use that superior webbing from here on out yeah. That is the fucking moral of this story. He yeah. he can make like webbing stronger than steel. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. the Peter Parker answer is is it's expensive, but that's sure, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I think but that's yeah, easy. you would think maybe you know, he should rob the... rich people with the fly twins. You know? Thank you. Right? Instead of <laughs> killing I mean, now that they're Stop dead and out of the picture, Peter. he can just he can just do what they did because they're out of they're they're gone. Like he can fill that void now yeah. that yeah. he murdered them. <laughs> That was his real motive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he gets a call while he's working on this stuff, or I guess just as he finishes it, he gets a call from Betty who passes along an assignment from Jameson uh, telling Peter to investigate yet another massive oil heist. After all, Von Schlick doesn't just turn the oil into Thinium 007. He needs it to prevent his machinery from overheating and exploding. Of course. The, yes, I mean, it is, absolutely of vital importance that you know you want your machinery to be lubed up Mm -hmm. want it to be you know you want all the pistons to be firing (laughs) but you don't want them to finish too soon before your project is over yeah too much friction can be a bad thing yes absolutely absolutely uh two two quick notes at at this Mm -hmm. point as i continue to take over this episode uh number one can we talk about how amazing I, I love Betty in the, in the series because they, they they constantly seem to be writing her as ultra competent and like the smartest one in the room, which I love because mm-hmm. especially given that anyone who's seen Mad Men knows what the sixties were like for for women, 
you know, mm-hmm. like I, I love that they give her like such, such like agency that she's always super helpful and way smarter than Peter and jo- and Jameson. I love that. Yeah, Betty rules. Love that. Love she that really so does. much. She's this is one of my favorite versions of Betty. And I know the comics one is the same one just, you know, over yeah. decades. Yeah. But like even just of different eras and stuff like this is this is one of my favorites. They yeah. really don't like treat her like shit almost ever on this show. Yeah. Well, and I think that she's I mean, because there's at least in this first season, there's so little time to do subplots that like they don't really do much of like a of a of a romance thing between her and Peter, right. which yep. I think does is a good thing because it means you don't get any cringy stuff with with yeah. Peter trying to ask Betty out or whatever. So she's never like an object of his affection because she always has to do sure. stuff to help mo- either move the plot along or like nine times out of ten she gets the final clip of the yeah. episode, which is really yeah. wild. Oh, yeah, honestly, for sure. Yeah, and she gets a good one on this. The uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say is I do just love too that it's just like oh James Bond is big let's just call it Thinium 007. like yeah so for goofy. no reason. <laughs> but I don't think they can even say 007. I have think to they always 007. have to say 007. Yeah, it's so goofy. <laughs> Thinium, all right. Thinium, ay ay ay. Well, following Von Schlick's oily footprints to and through a military base, Spider-Man locates his target and reveals his suit is no longer affected by Von Schlick's tricks, something he didn't even tell us. This is how we find out. He says it's a special silicone coating, which I think is actually really clever. Like, oh, yeah, you're just like a nonstick pan right now. That's Let's let's face it. Von Schlick probably has so many tricks. I mean, no. let's mm-hmm. yeah, let's face it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spider Man's no longer affected. You can't you can't get to me, Von Schlick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just continue yeah. pursuing you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then, Spider Man busts out his new breathing mask to pursue Von Schlick, who escapes through one of the oil vats and pipelines and goes directly back to his sewer hideout, where he just kind of gets back to business making thinium. 007, as if nothing happened at the military base. (laughs) (laughs) As if this is all just very normal. Incredibly normal, yes. (laughs) Normal man, normal guy. (laughs) The the most normal man. (laughs) Of course, Spider-Man finds the new, or not the new, just his sewer hideout. He webs Von Schlick up with his new web that sticks to anything, and he opens a water valve to flush the oil out of the sewer. Von Schlick warns him that doing so will cause his hideout to explode, and Spider-Man's basically like, bet, and the episode ends with an explosion. <laughs> what and a scream! There, Dr. Von Schlick is like genuinely like, no, uh-huh. dude, don't. This is bad. This is bad. Spider-Man's yeah. like, yeah, right. And then it like fucking happens, and I'm like, you could have killed everybody. And I'm like, jo- Jonah even says as much at the end of the episode, uh-huh. and I'm like, Jameson, this is the first time in this entire series that I 100% agree with you. Spider-Man yeah. is kind of the bad guy in this situation. That was He's so a reckless. total menace. Uh-huh. But, yeah. but here's the thing, Derek. <laughs> agree, but allow me. The episode ends with an explosion because uh-huh. he warns him not to get it too hot, and Spider-Man insists on getting it too hot. A geyser, uh-huh. and then the two of them laying in the road too tired <sighs> to actually do anything. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yep, and with it's... that, Chris Cummins lights up a cigarette. <laughs> it's not just you, Chris. This episode oh. is truly it's... that horny. In a, fucking sh- in a fucking Spider-Man thing where, like, every time he shoots out webbing, it's an, ex- an ej- ejaculation metaphor. Uh-huh. They somehow managed to, like, top that in the most, like, over-the-top way imaginable. Or bottom that. 
Yeah. Or bottom or side bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've just like, I've never seen an episode of the show where it's just like two dudes just laying in a bunch of liquid together, yeah. like exhausted. Like, that's what it is. Like, Spider-Man is, is as exhausted as is. the bad guy is. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is... This is so like I I may need to have you guys on Sci-Fi Explosion to talk about this horny episode, you know, and be like, okay, let's show this episode. Now we've seen this. Now let's talk about how horny this is. Yeah, Um, Yeah. because it is. But it would have to be like after dark, because, again, I don't think this is all ages appropriate. (laughs) Not if we're going to talk about it. It's not. No, no, no. Uh, I do have a few uh, non-horny related thoughts. If that's like okay, I know that's like not well uh, thesis of the episode. But oh, Doug, what a stick in the mud this guy is! How do you deal with him every week? Oh, I know we're having fun here, but could we not? I know what's going on. Normally, I am the one completely lacking in horniness. Uh, Where where is this coming from, Derek? I know this is a fucking weird energy we got going on tonight. I'm like, I'd have serious serious television thoughts to talk about and i'm like geyser is coming (laughs) (laughs) all right Derek. you know what you know what is your show i'm not gonna interfere but i will just say that i have plenty of filth left to say so let's hear the reasonable cool we can go back to that then and then we can go back to the filth yes this will be a minor Mm -hmm. pause because i do think i was thinking this isn't like a fully formed thought so i'm not exactly sure where it's gonna go but i think it's kind of interesting that like I guess because growing up in the 90s where every car, kid's cartoons were so like heavily eco-friendly, right? Like mm-hmm. environmentalism was the thing. So seeing an episode of a show that is so directly about the importance of oil and you literally oh see like yep. oil in the water and no one's like freaking out about an oil yeah. spill in the water at all. It's just like oh. a fact. Like it is fascinating to see that. And I and I, I do think it's the kind of thing where like you wouldn't see that on TV now. Like Spider-Man literally calling oil black gold and it's not that it's like not true like for better or worse i mean for worse for sure but like for for the worse oil is an instrumental part of our society and if you did take that away like society would kind of crumble like your heat your your transportation so much stuff depends on oil your plastic making everything so much depends on it so to sort of it's it's just so fascinating to see an episode that kind of like addresses how important oil is to our very like way of life that we have, but also like doesn't Mm -hmm. have any sort of environmental like bent to it about how that's maybe not a good thing. Like maybe we shouldn't be so dependent on oil, not having that, I think is for one, it makes it so uh, uh, of its time, but also number two, like makes it really fascinating to see that because it does make it feel like such a time capsule. And it's sort of like, it would be interesting to see a children's cartoon try to kind of tackle how 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 instrumental oil is yeah. to how how we live nowadays and how differently it would be tackled with the sort of environmentalism side to it that we're all kind of very aware of now, you know. Mhm. God damn yeah. it, that is a good point. <laughs> yeah, it is a really good point. And like yeah. it's the kind of thing where like you're saying with like just slight tweaks or just a slightly different perspective, it does turn into an environmentalist sort yeah. of episode. And honestly, if uh if Von Schlick was just making crystals for his own shits and giggles, could also be a hero alongside the flies. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just sort of like y'all can learn to fucking live without oil. Do something else. <laughs> like you yeah. don't need you don't need it. Make some make your toys out of some other shit other than plastic. I don't know. Like yeah. figure 
figure it out, guys. And it's like, I mean, it's not wrong, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's just seeing the seeing the visual of, like, oil in water from an oil spill and no one really being bothered by that at all. Yeah. I think just from, again, being raised in the 90s where that's, like, you're yeah. just in – it just embedded with like in with with like ducks covered in oil and stuff yep. like and people you know trying to uh, fix that like it's just it was just, it, it was weird to see that you know yeah absolutely yeah that's an excellent yeah. point yeah i also the only other non horny thing is that i do i, I don't think i've ever <laughs> seen it on this show but like during the oil refinery fire or, or fact docks fire whatever it was the the fire at the beginning yeah. um the way that like everything was painted with sort of a red tint and there's even points where the backgrounds had this really nice gradient of like a blue starry night sky that like sort of as a gradient fading into orange and red because everything is on fire. So there's going to be a red tint to everything like that color scheme I thought was really cool in that in that opening sequence. Yeah, every once in a while, the show will do something just wildly different in the way that it um, does its art and any time it does that, it's really cool. Mm hmm. Oh, one more. This is kind of could be horny depending on <laughs> what your vibe is. I mean, challenge accepted. Chris and I will yeah. find a way. Oh, yeah, you will. Right. I think it's kind of fun that <laughs> both segments that we watched, both segments in this episode have the same recycled animation of J. Jonah Jameson crying at his desk. Like of all the things <laughs> yeah. that could have been recycled, they find ways for J. Jonah Jameson to be crying in both segments. <laughs> like, at his mm-hmm. desk that has three phones on it, I might add. Oh, yes. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Oh, yes. <laughs> so good all right non-horny talk ended uh resume horny talk oils well that ends well um i love that that might be my favorite betty ending line it's good it's good it's a good one my favorite horny quotes in in no order please please um actually these are in order as they're said in the episode i'm taking you in oily or not (laughs) so good this calls for a flying tackle. <laughs> I'll bet my webs he's on the receiving end of that black gold. Oh, oh my um, god. Oh my god. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> register with me. Even my suction grip won't hold. Oh, oh boy. You got to secure those things. <laughs> this time I'll finish him off for good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He does. And uh going to going to wrap this up very simply. Naughty naughty. So <laughs> um oh Chris, you've helped me a lot because I have done like mm-hmm. horny compilations of episodes before. So you've just given me my, my list that I'm going to put together to put on social media. This is great. like, and I'm just, cause as I was thinking it, like, because I mean, you, you asked me to come on the show and I'm like, yeah, I love the Spider-Man 67. I'll talk about it for sure. And there are certain episodes of the show that I have just committed to memory because I've seen them so, so often like Blotto, uh, mm-hmm. you know, third dimension, the, the origin one, uh, I mean, evil in the fifth dimension, the origin one, and like this is one that I've seen before, but I completely forgot about. So sure. uh, watching again. this, I, <laughs> I I deliberately waited a half hour before recording to watch this because a I wanted to take notes, and b <laughs> I wanted to have it so fresh in my mind. But as I'm watching this, I'm just like, this is a very strange episode because Spider Man's kind of the villain in a lot of ways in this episode, and then like I got to the second segment where it's just like horniness ahoy and that was kind of 
Uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that, but this is a really like strange episode. There's so much subtext here, and like I don't I I genuinely don't think any of the subtext was intentional because oh, no. I don't think you know I, I but it's just it's hilarious from a contemporary point of view how much subtext this has. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Just, and we all have poison bridge, poison brains, well, yeah, I mean, and poison we're, we're, internet Twitter you know, it's brains also too. Coming so. from a from a from a gay perspective, but I mean, I think objectively, if if I had straight friends here watching this episode, they would say the exact same thing. It's just yeah. it, what is is, and this episode is very very horny you can't like if okay it feels like a tv funhouse episode to me when they're like lying in the street you know (laughs) yeah like it it very much has that and knowing that the tv funhouse episodes were deliberately styled after the 1967 spider-man is like is like another little bit of fun there uh i think it was jj seidelmeyer who productions who did the tv funhouse uh, cartoons mm-hmm. for SNL, but they I remember reading an interview where like he, he and uh, the production company Smigel deliberately like looked over like the, the Spider-Man cartoon because it oh, was nice. it was kind of the aesthetic they wanted for TV Funhouse for the majority of TV Funhouse anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, I've, and, I'm just thinking like ambiguously gay duo, exactly. which like I learned a lot about myself through those shorts. <laughs> but I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely get those vibes, and it definitely it's like a it's like a similar like sense of humor that is being parodied in that. Yes. Like it's yeah, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, th- this was a uh, like this episode was an absolute delight to watch. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. because I I do feel like you know the issue with the Spider Man sixty seven one and I, even this I I hesitate to use the word issue because I adore this show so much is that sometimes it is just like it, like it, they can be too almost not too weird for their own good but too like what are they trying to get at here to the point where it almost feels sloppy sometimes oh yeah and i I think i think blotto even though i love it is an example of that that Mm -hmm. that blotto episode where things just don't make any sense whatsoever and if you think about it instantly it falls apart and it almost feels like it was punching down to kids um i love it but if you know and and this episode is completely different in that it's like I don't know what they're going for, but it's super weird. And like, I wonder, I I wonder like how many like people watching this cartoon as a kid, this like caused some sort of awakening in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) They've never looked at oil the same way. (laughs) Seriously. Purple is a color that means something to them. Did the wet and messy fetish come specifically for this episode? (laughs) I don't know. Dude, seriously. Seriously. I don't know. Flippers um, but, reaction. Yeah. I have. Oh my it. god, the flippers <laughs> to me are still the funniest part of his design because yes. it's yeah. like just it's just like oh no, it is literally just a wetsuit for some reason. Okay, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm by no means am I kink shaming, but I know that wetsuit fetishes are a thing. Oh, I for know sure, that they're a thing in the, in the gay community. For sure, wetsuits can be hot. I wouldn't say this yeah. is one of them, but no. I feel like they can be. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, so it's it's just it's definitely like I I I think like we're having a lot of fun here with this, and I I, I think we're we're talking about it, but I think there's actually some academic. <laughs> this is why I'm not a grad student, by the yeah. way, because yeah. like I would absolutely be like, 
the launching of homosexual feelings from a 1967 Spider-Man cartoon, a thesis by Chris Cummins. See, you know, what like, I'm hearing is this is why you should be a grad Yeah, student. honestly, that sounds fucking <laughs> rad. Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude, I, when I was in when I was an undergrad, not even grad student, yeah. when I was an undergrad, I did a summer research project um, on on Superman broadly, but it was very specifically like on on how death was used in in Superman okay. and like how you know, the, but but like like death being used in the Superman as a broad franchise, but also like how it's marketed mainly as a reason to just talk about the Smallville episode where they kill Jimmy Olsen and then reveal that he wasn't actually Jimmy Olsen. He was Jimmy Olsen's <laughs> older brother um, and his little brother. He was named Henry James Olsen and his younger brother, Jimmy Olsen also went by was named James Bartholomew Olsen. Both of them just happened to go by Jimmy and his wife only just met his little brother at his funeral. And that's why he was never introduced before. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And so basically I got paid three, I got paid three thousand dollars to do that project over the summer so all that is to say yeah go to fucking grad school and do your bullshit projects (laughs) i mean if i pitch this to an editor i could probably get like a hundred bucks top for it but like three thousand that's some good cheese that's some good cheddar yeah Mm -hmm. i bought so many superman comics and dvds and books yeah (laughs) uh... you know what it was a good paper and good presentation i don't think it it. was worth that three thousand dollars think of all the lube and wetsuits i can buy for three thousand dollars uh-huh yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah. Hmm. Speaking of, I want I forgot to put this in the show notes originally, so I put in uh from the um Spider-Man on TV behind the scenes book that I have. Um I just pasted in the concept art for Dr. Von Slick. Wait, and- what is this book that you have? Hold on. Okay, Derek has a very cool book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a fan-made book. It's not an official thing, so It's still I, cool. You need to cool. dr- throw that link at me like a brick. Yeah. I'll I'll send the link to you afterwards. Um, it's I'll I have things to say about it, but the good and bad. But the good part of it is that the uh the guys who made it had access to like concept art and and the whole vault of like scripts, and so they put a lot of that stuff in the book. I wish they put more. This design is super cool, and uh, and like he's about twenty pounds away from getting it in this well, drawing. Right. Okay, here's the thing. So Derek just dropped an image into the notes we're looking at. <laughs> And I have many things to say. One, Dr. Von Slick is a way better name than Von Schlick, and they should have I stuck agree. with Slick. Yes, Two, this guy is way hotter mm-hmm. than the guy that they actually put in uh, the episode. And yeah, you know, maybe 20 pounds would be even better. Yeah. But then this suit is way better. Whatever it this is. weird sort of like yeah. piece of machinery around his waist, yeah. like I and want that. Bring the that trunks, back. Yeah. The trunks, I think, do a lot for him, too. Yeah. Um, the face I also wonder, mask it's hard, thing is better. It's definitely showing what side he's packing to in this Exactly. Movie. And it's hard to tell. Like, and he's also, the way that they draw him, like, so sopping wet. Like, like it's, uh, it's from the oil and everything. He's, he's not like, so the only one. Up, right? <laughs> but also, like, because it's not colored in, I can't tell if those are like exposed legs down there like is he doing like a robin like a oh shit robin thing? yeah you know? it, it, or looks like it could, almost yeah. it might not be a full wetsuit there no i think it is because if you look at where look at his ankles i feel like this isn't a full segment oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, i feel fair. like that's they fair. are but i do think it's funny because i feel like that means those are not flippers they are like flippers attached to like full like rubber leggings <laughs> right <laughs> it's amazing. all one piece <laughs> amazing <laughs> what a world I know, right? God, that's such a better design. I'm mad. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think it would have been hard to animate because they went with a much simpler design, which I understand, but it would have been much better. Yeah, I mean, because they couldn't, they didn't even want to deal with the spidey lines on the costume, and I get it because, especially using you know nineteen sixties animation techniques, you know, putting yeah. the show together. But the, I, I have to say this also: the the this version of Doctor Von Slick also has a real like. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Vent- uh, yes. Not, well, Venture Brothers, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Johnny Quest uh-huh. uh, kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like that, like, the the lid, like, it, it's covering his, the bottom of his mouth. And he it seems like he almost has two, but it also, like, flips up almost like a porthole. Yeah. He's looking through. And that's a really cool thing, too. Uh, definitely look at this in the uh, in the show notes when you're listening to this episode. This is really, really yeah. cool. I'll, I'll, I'll post it on the website and on social media yeah. with everything else for sure. I think it is cool. And I am looking at, at the regular, the final model. And he does technically have like what looks like segmented trunks in his regular outfit. I just wish they would be more pronounced. Yeah, it's just harder to tell because it's all one color. Right. Yeah. Um, they should have applied yeah. the color he uses on his face mask to the trunks at the very yes. least. At the very I least. agree. This Just would be an amazing things. costume for a costumer to make out of latex. Like this yeah. would be so fucking cool. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. This oh, would be so awesome. Cool. Can you yeah. imagine? Like, like just total deep cut Spidey. I oh my god I wish that I could commission just like the deepest cut dumb shit like to go to conventions in. <laughs> Like that yeah. would be amazing. This is like I would absolutely commission this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just then, just like douse themselves in lube so they're constantly <laughs> sopping and slippery everywhere they go. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm sure that wouldn't cause any problems. <laughs> wouldn't cause any problems. That wouldn't be a hazard. You know, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, again, it depends on what kind of convention you're at. Sure, that's a good sure. point. It's mm-hmm, a good mm-hmm. point. Some people yeah. might enjoy it's it. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, speaking of that, the, the, the faces of the episode that I caught from this aren't, I mean, I guess there are faces involved in it, but the, the Spidey tackle, man, the Spidey tackle, Spidey gives Dr. Von Schlick in the faces and poses, everything about it, just incredible. Von Schlick's eyes are about to pop out of his face. Uh-huh. He is amazing. so yeah. shocked that Spidey is grabbing his ass and wrapping his hands around his yeah. entire crotch area which fair i would be surprised if i didn't see it coming um but then the way that spider-man is just riding him as dr von schlick is just sliding which again a thing that i love about him is that oftentimes he's just sliding places he's just he's not walking he's, yeah. he's sliding. the world is his slip and slide That's yeah great. why walk when you can slide exactly i love here it here comes I a sliding it. man <laughs> and spidey just gripping for dear life onto this man it's so funny that's like me with every boyfriend who's walking out the door in my life it's just <laughs> no don't go i'll be emotionally available next time <laughs> oh, oh my god the oh show god. contains multitude <laughs> yes Yes. I love how every show that I, I, I come on with you guys just turns into a big therapy session for me. So I appreciate the forum. You know? <laughs> That's what podcasting is, really. It's is just that all it is? Yeah. If you can't afford a therapist, you just come on and have your own therapy yeah, with you your friends. start a podcast. Through, it, it, through, the, through media, basically, mm-hmm. is all the, it is. The so, next, like, yeah. unfortunate person who wants to date me, I'm going to be like, I got a few podcasts you should listen to first. <laughs> Here's the prerequisites for dating me. They're all podcasts. I'm on all of them. <laughs> You need to get these and form some opinions, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Oh wow, what chaos. Mm-hmm. Beautiful chaos. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I I've exhausted all of my notes. Did y'all have any other final thoughts or any other things that we miss that you want to talk about or anything with this one? Frankly, I'm spent. I just oh yeah. I just need a need a shower and some alone shame time. I, <laughs> I, I need a cigarette for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for bringing the chaos and horniness uh, to this podcast, Chris. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. It was good. If people want to find you and uh, hear more about your upcoming um, <laughs> upcoming thesis paper on horniness <laughs> and random media that you're going to submit to uh, to major universities, where can they find you and everything you're working on? Yeah, they can find that at... Um... Twitter at uh, Bionic Bigfoot and uh, I'm Sci-Fi Explosion on every possible form of uh, social media. And please tune in Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Saturday mornings I show a classic cartoon show. I just put my finger in the air like to stop myself and make a note as if anyone could see me. Um, but <laughs> I'm at twitch.tv forward slash sci-fi explosion Friday night, 7 30 PM Eastern 10 AM Saturday morning. Uh, yeah. And you can watch my stuff there, but basically just Google up like sci-fi explosion and you'll see all the nonsense that I'm involved with. You show this, uh, this show on, on your show sometimes. So. I will, uh, I will very specifically be showing at least the B part of this episode <laughs> with both of you at some point. I, I plan on holding you to that where we can probably just reiterate the same bizarrely horny points we just made. Heck yeah. Cross promotion, baby. Cross promotion. We are going to get that, that slimy synergy happening. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Uh, the most sexy of words sexy synergy there you go that's the word i should have used but i use slimy because it's all like cool. oily and slimy yeah 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 yep, yep. <laughs> oh boy well thank you again um if you want to get if you want to get some more sexy, slimy takes from Doug mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. you can check out our Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. It sounds like we need to add a whole nother tier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some hot, hot episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, tons of bonus episodes there if you want to check us out there and support our show. You can also check out our Discord. We've got a link to that in our show notes, but you can use that to chat with other people in the Walloping Web Snappers community. And sometimes we do live watches. So if you want to watch episodes of this show, for example, along with us and other listeners, you can do that. Uh, and usually it's our first watches for the episodes, which is fun. Uh, but otherwise, Doug, if people want to find you in particular, specifically, where can they find you on the Internet? Specifically, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. If you like Pokemon stuff, hey, a Pokemon game just dropped and we're talking about it on Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast here on the 4 Eyed Radio Network. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming that I do with my friend uh, Katie and potentially other guests uh, where we catch up on all of the media we've been consuming lately. What about you, Derek? 
Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept experimental structure-breaking gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest every time. Chris has been on that for a Riverdale episode uh, back earlier this year, in fact, if you want to check that out. Uh, you can find that anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. You can also check out Doug and I's monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, which is not really ongoing anymore because we're I done. I was say, monthly? Is that even? Month- <laughs> just, I think we just got to say monthly podcast. So it's, uh, I mean, yeah, we just got a, a podcast that was monthly at yeah. one point. Uh, but we were watching every Pixar film chronologically, but as of when this episode releases, our episode on Lightyear will have already come out, yeah. uh, which was the last Pixar film that has been made. Um, you know, obviously we'll do other episodes when more Pixar mo- movies come out, but right now that was our final regular episode. Uh, so you can check out our backlog of all Pixar movies that have ever been released, which again, fucking wild. It's a nice binge. Find that, find that wherever you get your podcasts. Get also visit a podcast. <laughs> you can also visit us on our website wallflingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of all episodes of both Walloping Web Snappers and Falling with Style and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com please also rate, review and subscribe to our podcast on any platform you use that lets you rate, review and subscribe and next week The Vulture returns and Spidey faces shadow creatures. Oh, Oh, I love that one. (laughs) In the episode, The Vulture's Prey and The Dark Terrors. I'm very excited for both of those things. Yeah, see you then. then. If action is your bag, don't miss my greatest battle with a rocket-powered vulture. Even if I can save Jolly Jonah, there's nobody left to save old Spidey from becoming the Vulture's Prey. Have you ever been attacked by mysterious shadows? Shadows with a power to destroy you, although they themselves cannot be hurt. Where can I turn? Where can I run? What can I do? When the dark terrors close in on me. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a fireman. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find a Spider-Man.